today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Social media is going to play an important role in uh, the upcoming U.S. election. Uh, it certainly did in the, uh, the past uh, Canadian election that was held just a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, there's been a lot of heat, and I think justifiably so, on people like Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook uh, about the sort of product that they leave on there. Uh, and a lot of heat from other social media platforms as well to try to get something done about this. Well, Twitter has finally responded. Uh, yesterday, they announced, Twitter announced that they will stop accepting political ads. The company's CEO, Jack Dorsey, announced that on Wednesday, said that we made the decision to stop all political advertising on Twitter globally. So that means no matter where there's an election. Uh, we believe that political messaging should be earned, not bought, according to uh, Dorsey's tweet. Uh, political message, he went on to say, earns reach when people decide how to follow an account or retweet. Paying for reach removes that decision, forcing highly optimized and targeted political messages on people. Now, we already know when we talk to political operatives that they love that sort of an idea, and they love the fact that it's kind of like open range on, on social media because you can target specific groups, you can say whatever you want, and there's very little filter that goes off, filtration that goes on with this stuff. Well, Mr. Dorsey at Twitter has said, not anymore. We're not going to edit it. We're not just going to allow it. That's the way that we're going to get around this. Uh, Facebook, quite a different story. Joining us to talk about this is Mark Gordon, a marketer and expert speaker, uh, who we've had many, many times on to talk about the impact of social media. Mark, how are you doing? Good to have you on again today. Good morning, Bill. Nice to be here. Uh, are you surprised by the Twitter announcement? Uh, yes and no. I guess my biggest surprise is, is well, it's, I'm surprised they did it, but I'm not surprised in how he did it. It is a wonderful form of spin doctoring, in my opinion. Such a, explain. Well, he's seen what's going on with Facebook and the amount of trouble they're getting into. I mean, they have their own staff revolting against uh, the management and Mark Zuckerberg saying, you know, these kinds of political ads are are basically abusing the system. They're influencing people in a way that is inaccurate. Uh, you know, fake news, so to speak, is being broadcast. Special interest groups are posting facts that are incorrect. And for Twitter to to see this going on, and uh, you know, Jack Dorsey has to ask himself, okay, do I want to go through the effort of filtering everything? Or is it worth it for me just to say no? And based on the fact that Twitter has not turned a profit ever, his stock is flat, it's, it's at like a seven-month low, he has to think, does he want any more bad press? And he sees the amount of bad press Facebook's getting for all of this. I think he's just chosen to walk away and say, you know what, it's better to have no part of it than to try to have a small part of it. And, uh, you know, it's, I believe it's an effort really to, to avoid having his stock price go down further due to bad press. Is this a, a, an effort then to be good cop, bad cop, with, uh, as, you know, when you juxtapose what they're doing with what Facebook is continuing to do? Well, he's done a nice job of positioning himself as taking the moral high ground, which I think to a degree makes Facebook look even worse. But I think, you know, when you dig a little deeper, you'll see that really his motivating factor is just to not get any, any more, uh, you know, bad news, uh, you know, to get the company in trouble, so to speak, in the eyes of the public, as Facebook has, and perhaps further lower or impact his stock price. I'm looking at some of the political comments uh, and, and the reaction to this. Now, it's it's fascinating. Uh, Brad Parscal, who is the, Trump's campaign manager, said Twitter's move is a very dumb decision for their stockholders. Uh, I'm not so sure if it's a dumb decision for the stockholders. I mean, as you said, there's 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 no financial gain in this for for Twitter, is there? Well, they made very little money. I think in 2018 they just made a few million, uh, you know, in advertising. Which I, I heard less than three million. 
Yeah, uh, that represents probably less than 5% of their entire earnings in terms of uh, ad revenue. Uh, but of course you're going to get political parties who are upset by this. They like the idea of being able to spend whatever amount of money they want and getting their message out there. I mean, who can blame them? But with regards to, to stockholders, if I was a shareholder in Twitter, I'd be very happy about this because the last thing I need is a company I have money invested in going, uh, you know, getting into trouble promoting uh, information which may be inaccurate. So what's what's the upside for, for them to do this? And and you mentioned money here, and, and obviously that let's let's not kid ourselves. I think you're absolutely right, Mark. I mean, if this if these guys were making hand money hand over fist on this thing, I don't know they'd be making an announcement like this. But Zuckerberg's sticking to his guns. Well, it's interesting because as far as I'm concerned, Twitter hasn't been a social network in over 10 years. I mean, it really is a network, I believe, where everybody on there has an agenda, and they're either promoting themselves, their ideas, their companies, their products, you know, whatever it is. There's always some form of promotion. Uh, I think the day of, of you know, everyone joining hands and singing Kumbaya on Twitter, those days have long passed. But with regards to uh, Facebook, there is sort of that, that social aspect, and there's a different company philosophy there as well, and that being that people should be able to share whatever they want, and companies should be able to share whatever they want, and if they're willing to pay for it, and at least not promote something that is blatantly inaccurate, then they should have the right to do so. So I think Mark Zuckerberg's coming at it from the same perspective that, you know, if a company like Coca-Cola can place an ad on Facebook, then why can't, you know, the, the Democratic Party, as long as that information is correct? Which, again, what does that really mean? Well, and therein lies the problem. Yeah, because, I mean, there have been examples, and, and, well, even in the past Canadian election here, uh, there were some posts, as you know, about Justin Trudeau that were just blatantly false. They were lies. Uh, Zuckerberg refused to take them down, said, I know they're wrong, I know they're incorrect, but I'm not going to do that. I want people to make the decision for themselves. So, I mean, he's totally backed off this altogether. So he's not doing any editorializing at all, but... Is is that is that fair to put what he knows to be incorrect co- uh, content uh, in, onto the and just leave it there for people to disseminate? Well, what he's chosen to do is to say no political advertising, but he will allow posts and edits and and uh, paid content by special interest groups or people who you know it, it's deemed editorial, even though obviously there's a, a spin to it. So he's kind of drawn that line in the sand. The problem is that line is so blurry nobody can actually find it or identify it. Uh, so it's you know it's a no-win situation for Mark Zuckerberg, uh, where with regards to Twitter, you know that's an issue that they're not going to have to deal with at all anymore. So, from a sort of a, a staying out of trouble perspective, from a PR perspective, I think Jack Dorsey did a wonderful move. You know, stepping back, it's good for business, and positioning himself as taking this uh, you know ethical and moral high ground that also puts him in a good position, and it can only help his company, whereas. Mark Zuckerberg, he's going to continue to have to deal with this stuff, especially with the upcoming American election. It's interesting you talk about demographics, and you, you mentioned this to us months ago, Mark, and this maybe seems to be another example that underscores the point you were making uh, about who's using Twitter these days and, and whether or not it's actually reaching an audience. And I understand that uh, simply because of, of the information that's available there, you can, you can target messages, and we get that. But, you know, when you think of Twitter right now, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's agenda-driven by just about everybody that's on there. Uh, and at the same token, <laughs> you look at who's using it. I mean, there's Donald Trump, and I mean, you know, his his tweets are infamous now uh, because he's on there all the time. But 
when you look at demographics, millennials and others, uh, I'm not saying they abandoned Twitter, but they've moved on to other platforms, and I don't know that they're using it anymore, and that's going to be a very difficult message uh, to get across to some of the people in that age demographic because they're not looking at Twitter anymore. Well, it seems to me that Twitter has has more become a a sort of a news feed, so to speak, where you just go on to see who's saying what. Uh, I read some statistics somewhere that less... Um, less than 1% of Twitter subscribers are posting 99% of the content. So really, that, that doesn't you know, surprise me. That doesn't surprise yeah, me at I, all. I, I stopped Twitter. I mean, I still have an account, but I haven't posted a tweet in, wow, must be at least two or three years. It has, you know, I've just moved on to other things. I never liked Twitter from the start, uh, especially in the last few years. It seems to be just a, a cesspool of hate and criticism, and, and like we touched on, uh, really a, an agenda for each person, whether to, to market themselves or their products or their political party or whatever. So, you know, it's really, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a giant sounding board where you've got a lot of people talking, and it's, it's up to individuals to choose what they listen to. But is there really that, that social aspect of it anymore? I, I don't think so. Which which turns everybody's attention to some of the other platforms. As you say, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat uh, for, for different demographics. But Facebook seems to be consistent. And I know they took a hit, obviously, because of a, of what happened with the election last time, the last U.S. election. And, and Zuckerberg got raked over the coals by a congressional committee. Although I think about 75% of the people on that committee had no idea exactly how social media works. But nonetheless, I guess they got their talking points from their staff and they went after this. But Zuckerberg is, is actually, he's fighting back, and he's making these distinctions. And as you say, he says, okay, we're not going to do political ads on Facebook, but we will allow political opinions uh, or for other things. And he says, you know, <laughs> if somebody wants to make a post about something, you know, about some social program or something like that, and there's a political bent to it, he says, why shouldn't we let that on there? And, and it's, that's a pretty hard argument to, to, to fight. It is, and he's going with the whole social aspect of sharing, you know, and the idea being is that if I have an idea about virtually anything, I should be allowed to share that. That's what kind of the whole concept of being social is, is sharing ideas. But the, the, where things get a little hairy is when, you know, someone posts something and they present it as simply an idea or an opinion, but there's clearly a slant to it, and they slip in little bits of information, be them true or not, that kind of influences a decision by somebody who is reading it. And that's where there's that gray area, and that's why some of his staff now are revolting against them, saying, look, we understand that you're not going to accept political ads. The problem is you're accepting the ideas of others that have a clear agenda and have the ability to influence people using information which may not be correct. What about the uh, the bad guys uh, that that were obviously involved? I know Trump doesn't seem to want to believe this, but I mean the Mueller report was pretty clear that that the Russians were involved uh, through social media to try to influence that last U.S. election. Uh, there's some concern now about where that may come from in the other election. Are they looking at all this controversy now uh, with what Twitter's doing and what Facebook is doing, and 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 deciding whether or not they're actually going to go back into this and delve into this? I mean, they're not just going to give up and say, "Okay, we won't do that anymore." You you got to know, Mark, that they're going to try to find ways to to still infiltrate. Oh, of course they're going to try to find ways to infiltrate it. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's only as good as the people, you know, who are able to stop it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And it sounds to me like Mark Zuckerberg has left that door open a little bit. So anybody anywhere in the world, again, can post something. And if it's deemed an opinion piece or an editorial, it'll go through. So in many ways, what Mark Zuckerberg has done, I believe, is let the whole world know exactly what he will accept.
So you, me, or anyone else in the world, we can create a piece of content, we can put a slant to it, but if we present it as being our personal view or idea, well, then we know it'll, it'll be accepted and it'll appear on there. And if we can push it hard enough and promote it, it'll reach the masses and perhaps influence the decisions of a lot of people. This brings us all back to the conversation you and I had, I guess, over a year ago, uh, whether or not the, the, the government should regulate or they should self-regulate in this situation. Obviously, I think we know where Zuckerberg is on this. I think it's very tough for government to regulate any of this kind of stuff. I mean, really, at the end of the day, all of this, at the end of the, of the day, all of this is really just a website. That's all it is. It's a website, all of them. It doesn't matter what network it is, whether it be Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. These are all websites, and they're all businesses, and the job of a business is to turn a profit. So really, I think the only thing the government could step in on would be sort of you know, anti-competitive acts or, or things like that that squeeze out uh, other businesses. But really, in terms of the way the business runs itself, it's not, it's not really doing anything illegal per se. What it's doing, though, is creating a form for other people to, to operate, I wouldn't say below the law per se, but operate in ways which <laughs> question society's standards, I suppose. Well, and, and does it really do anything to change people's opinions? I mean, you know, Zuckerberg uses the example, you know, if, uh, if, if Coke and Pepsi want to put ads in there, I mean, that may swing somebody to go from one cola to another, but that's not going to change the world. Uh, but if we elect political people based on misinformation from social media, uh, that can have an impact. But he's suggesting that there's enough information out there for all of us to make up our own minds about this. If you agree with it, fine. If you want to share it, fine. But if you're going to share it, it's usually because you agree with that, whatever that individual with that post is saying anyway. And if you don't, I mean, we all know the, the stuff, and you've talked about this many times when you've been on the show, Mark. You know, we can look for the signs of, of what might be false information. You know, the web pages, you know, the source, uh, where it, they were supposedly reprinted from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if we choose to ignore all that and simply said, I don't like that politician, and this ad here says the guy's a jerk, I'm going to forward that. They're going to do it anyway. Right. So it's very interesting the way people's absorption of news has changed over the last couple of years. There was a time when we used to turn to the news and we'd see some information given to us and we would process it in our brains and come to our own decision. But over the last number of years, especially with the advent of social media and more editorial uh, type news on networks like Fox and CNN, what's happening now is people will have an idea in their head and they will gravitate to news sources that support those ideas. And they will not analyze the source of that news. So for example, if you're very pro-Trump, for example, you will be drawn to articles that support your ideas, articles that talk about how great he is, the things he's accomplished. And many of them will be editorial. Some might be based on fact. But either way, that's what you're going to look at. And it's going to further reinforce your views. And you'll be more prone to share that. So with regards to Facebook, allowing editorial content to appear, it's going to really create more more opportunities for people who support those specific views to share that and push it out to their network. And in a sense, it allows all of us to become influencers. And, and, and it's, it's funny that we're even having this conversation because I think at one point or another, we'd all like to be able to have that power to think that, hey, this is the point of view I have. I'm going to post this and hopefully I'm going to get some people to agree with it and maybe, maybe, maybe sway public opinion or somebody's opinion on this as well. And you can see that from the, some of the comment section in some of the posts that do go up there. It does have an impact. And you're right. If we say, no, we're not going to do this anymore, the people that want that stuff, I guess, Mark, they're going to go looking for it someplace else because that's what they gravitate to. 
Absolutely. And you know what? I think it's, it's even more on a micro level. It's not so much as me sharing that article because I want to influence people. In many ways, I would just share that article because I'm feeling really lonely today, and I hope a lot of people like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll make me feel good. Well, it's, uh, yeah, okay. That's better than, you know, you're pet dressed up in a, ha- a Halloween costume, I suppose. Uh, it, where does this end? I, I mean, w- this is, this is you know, we're, we're, you're away from the U.S. federal election, and that's that's the big daddy. That's the one that's going to elect a president or re-elect a president, whatever the case might be. And you know that everybody's getting geared up for this, and you know that, that they're looking to play defense here to make sure that a lot of this stuff doesn't get on side. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the technologies are there, but at the same time, for every time we we develop something that's going to be a, 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 a safeguard, I guess, for this, there's always somebody on the other side that's going to develop a way to get around that safeguard. So, I mean, it's, it's really, at the end of the game, up to us, isn't it? It really is. And regretfully, I don't have a high opinion of, of society as a whole with regards to how they, you know, absorb and decimate, inf- or, or sorry, interpret information. Uh, but... You know, I think that's the way it's going to be, and I'm sure, without a doubt, a year from now, you and I will be having a similar conversation about how much editorial type, you know, I'm not going to call it fake news, but we'll call it editorial posts on Facebook perhaps influenced the election. And you'll, you will ask me how so many of them were able to be posted and get past the, the walls that Facebook had built, and I'll respond in, by saying that the walls had a lot of holes in them. And it was pretty easy to get through because Mark Zuckerberg basically pointed them out, which is what he's doing right now. He's like, this is what we're not going to allow, but this is what we will allow. And by doing that, he's empowered people all over the world. And, you know, people want to post this kind of stuff because they have agendas. And people want to listen and read and absorb this kind of information because they, too, have agendas. Absolutely. Uh, well, I don't know that we've solved anything. I don't know that Twitter solved anything, but uh, that's the latest chapter, and we'll see how this pans out over the next couple of months. Mark, as always, thanks so much for this. Great talking with you again. Thank you, Bill. Mark Gordon, of course, uh, expert in marketing and uh, obviously social media and the influence it can have on us and does have on us. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.